Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. So this is Robin Stratton-Burkessel, your host of Positivity Strategist, and I'm very excited and happy to welcome Louis Aloro to the show. Louis, welcome today. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Where are you? I am in sunny Philadelphia where spring is, is getting ready to bloom here. Beautiful. That's, I can just imagine how gorgeous. That's terrific. So um, here's what Lewis and I plan to talk about during the show, but really anything can happen <laughs> because we're both comfortable with emergence and discovery. But firstly, I, I would like Lewis, and I'm going to invite Lewis to talk about some of the very interesting work that he's doing in human and organization development. And... Um, you know, it's always interesting to have a little background to the people that you're listening to, and I'm very interested in finding out more about. And the second main topic for our call today or our show today is um, Lewis has been very busy over the last months as a co-editor along with Cecile Bettit, Marge Schiller and Jackie Stavros on the next issue of the International Journal of Appreciative Inquiry. Um, AIP as we know it. And the topic of this issue coming out is learning leaders. And so I've invited Lewis to talk about some of the special insights that he has to share with us as a co-editor on this really amazing topic about learning leaders. Now just a little background, um, Lewis's and my paths have been crossing increasingly frequently. In fact, Lewis, I don't know if you remember, but when I was back in New York, you actually gave a talk at the Special Interest Group of Appreciative Inquiry at the New York Organization Development Network. Hmm. You, that, I don't know how long ago that was, but I was on the steering committee and you came along and you gave us a talk. Do you remember that? Uh, I vaguely do. I, it must have been 10 years ago or, or nine years ago. I think it must have been. Yep, that's right. So anyway, so that was the first exposure or opportunity I had to find out or meet Lewis. And then we met last year again at the fourth Global Forum. And then we're both also on this amazing steering committee the World Positive Education Accelerator. So it's fun kind of to be working on these wonderful initiatives that are going on globally. Mm -hmm. Lewis, you are very active in the field of positive psychology. Um, and I'm just going to give a little background here. Uh, Lewis earned his um, Masters of Applied Positive Psychology, the, affectionately known as the MAP program, M-A-P-P, at Penn State University. And he's a co-founder of the Flourishing Center Certificate in Applied Positive Psychology, which is called the CAP program, C-A-P-P. -P. 
And he's also a senior fellow at the Centre for the Advancement of Wellbeing. So you get a sense that um, Lewis is very aligned <laughs> professionally and I would say probably um, as a whole person into the contributions and the work he's doing in the world. So Lewis, um, why don't you tell us how you got into this field and, and why you sought to get credentialed in positive psychology? Well, thank you for asking. Um, it has been a, a lifelong of interest, I would say, in human development that uh, eventually led me to discover the field, which I like to say found me <laughs> when all is said and done. I, I had been at a, a time in my life searching a bit for my professional purpose and um, have, having always had these interests personally, I, I was so delighted to to read one of the first popular press articles uh, in uh, in print on applied positive psychology. So that was back in 2006. And I just recall that moment in time of, of opening up the newspaper and seeing the article and reading it and just having a visceral experience immediately that this would be it, you know, if we wanted to help uh, organizations and communities flourish and become places where people felt good about being, then we needed to help people learn to think differently. And I had come to this awareness, um, having been a high school English teacher right out of college and, and um, really just quickly dismayed by the experience of what, what the reality was like in, in this school kind of culture. And I, I think, you know, that was about 16 years ago or 17 years ago, and, and still there's much work to do in helping these communities um, evolve. Um, but I'm just, um, I'm just sure that, uh, the, the psychology of it is, is a big piece of it, you know, helping people learn to think about how they think and helping people learn to think more expansively, think more flexibly, which is really what positive psychology is about. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, Lewis, um, if in your upbringing or in your early life or, even later, I mean, you said that, you know, you were a school teacher for some time, but was there any, any kind of event that, or experience or influence um, that you may have had that if you look back now with the luxury of hindsight, that might have hinted that you would pursue these kinds of studies in positive psychology and do the work that you're doing today? Oh, for sure. I, um you know, my experience as a teacher was not unlike my experience as a student. So I, as a student, as a young person, I, um, I struggled with my own, with my own uh, stuff, you know, not feeling good about who I was and um, struggling with my identity. Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? Mm -hmm. Struggling academically, you know, how do I succeed? Um, and so uh, as a student, as a young person, I thought it was just me that had these experiences. But as a teacher... As I like to say, on the other side of the desk, I saw something different. You know, I, I had a different perspective of, of observation, and I saw many young people struggling with similar plights. And when I dug into some of those young people's lives, I, I, I came across their families uh, and family systems and, and saw, too, that parents were struggling and those family systems were struggling. And it was the first time in my life that I looked at my family system and I thought, Oh boy, you know, you know, we too can be doing better here. And so, so yes, I mean, I had, um, a, a, a long life of, of these experiences that really 
when I look back, you know, there's a reason why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing and, um, it all makes sense to me mm-hmm. today. Um, and it's, it's definitely purposeful and meaningful and, and timely. Yeah, very timely. And so in our prep call, Lewis, um, you mentioned some very cool work that you're currently doing on a citywide basis with um, the city of Midland in Michigan. And I was just so excited about that work. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind just saying a little bit about what you're doing there, maybe how it came about, where you're at, you know, what, what the overarching vision is. It's just very exciting. Yeah, thanks. So um, I'm, I'm really interested and have been since I, I, I got connected with positive psychology and, and community systems. And so um, I've been working uh, for the past um, year or so with Midland, Michigan. It's a, a city in, in Michigan. Midland, I like to say it's the middle of the land. It's really, <laughs> it's really um, a representative, I think, of, of many places um, who uh, that are kind of at in process of figuring out who they are and who they want to be, um, at this inflection point in human history. And so, um, they had been working to bring positive psychology in different iterations over the past several years, um, mainly because Kathy Snyder, another MAP graduate, a colleague and friend of mine lives in Michigan in Midland and, and had been, um, a social emotional leader championing for this work, um, primarily in, in the school district, which is where she is situated. B- but then she um, enrolled other folks, other social emotional leaders, including the mayor of the city and the, um, the head of several um, prominent foundations and nonprofits, the head of the behavioral health system and, and others that work in, in mental health care. Um, and so the list goes on and on. We have about 40 folks, change agents in this class. And our, our program is a six month experience of learning applied positive psychology and we're teaching folks um, the skills and tools for them to use in their lives first. Our model is, you know, oneself first and then for others in in your life. So uh, we're in process right now and and folks are learning tools to become more resilient and tools to um, to become more uh, flexible to to really learn how to um, how to be um, agile and open and expansive. And so um, it's a wonderful experience because what we're seeing now, first anecdotally, and then we're we're measuring it quantitatively, is you know how does this then affect the city system? How does it affect the organizations that these folks are a part of, their family units, etc.? And so, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a work in process, and it's an exciting one because um, it's replicable certainly in other places where um, where cities um, and communities are really um, awakening to the possibilities that exist. Yeah, I just think that is so inspiring. The fact that you had these different stakeholders coming together and learning about themselves and each other and what might be the intersect points and how they can be mutually supportive, that is what excites me. I'm so excited that this kind of work is happening What's the what's the delivery um, mechanism for this? How are you actually delivering this um, this training? Um, thank you. Yeah. So our course meets one weekend a month, um, and there are seven of those on-site weekends. Um, and then in between those face-to-face meetings, we have um, an online component. So we say that the program is high tech and high touch, mm-hmm. and so we we are, are really committed to both. And so. 
the on-site weekends are experiential and they're relational and they're wonderful. And then the online portion is, is also those things. It's intense. You know, there's a, there's a lot of content that the course covers, but it's really less about that information and more about transformation that can happen around that information. So different folks pick up different pieces and, and try them on and see what works, you know, not one size fits all. And that's, that's the, um, uh, a big lesson in, in the field of positive psychology these days is, is to remember that we're also unique. And while we may want to try to reduce things down, interventions down to what works uh, and what doesn't, we have to remember that what works for me may not work for you. And that's okay too. So, um, so we're finding that, that, um, that we're playing, you know, this is like a, an opportunity <laughs> to play with, with real, real life, um, opportunities to, to be different in the world and to be open to that. And some, you know, some folks are resistant to change. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that's why we try to identify who are the change agents, who are the social emotional leaders and how can we help them expand their psychological muscle so that they can then be supportive of other people doing the same. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And, uh, uh, <laughs> do you have any, or, or what kind of aha moments um, have come up so far? Oh, um, so the aha moments have been um, have been many. Let me think of some of the some of the the, the ones that have really stuck. Well, um, we had invited a uh, a group of folks, and part of our curriculum is on relationships. We use the PERMA V model that. Um, that the Flourishing Center has put forth as, as um, a framework to help organize this content. PERMA stands for Positivity, em Engagement, Relationships, uh, meaning, uh, Engagement, Meaning, Achievement, and Vitality. And uh, when we're on the Relationships module, one of the things we do is have a friends and family morning. So people are invited, participants are invited to invite someone in their life to come to class. And so we have double the amount of folks that morning in the mm. room and we, we facilitate an experience for these folks. And there was a really power, it's always, it's always powerful, but in Midland it was especially powerful when um, um, one woman who runs a, um, a, a behavioral health agency herself who had um, who had turned down the opportunity to, to participate in the program when it was first offered to her, came with someone who then invited her for the Friends and Family Day. And she was only there, you know, people were there only for four hours. Um, but at the end of the four hours, you know, her comment in leaving was, I wish I had signed up for this mm -hmm. program. It, in, in, in just four hours, I, I am re reminded of how, um, how, how this type of experience is missing in my life, this type of connection mm -hmm. is missing in my life. And, um, and, and, and just that she had, she had regretted not having taken the opportunity, um, because people are yearning for this type of connection. So I guess some of the other ahas are that, you know, in the anecdotal reporting is that the participants in, in these classes are, are more connected mm -hmm. to each other. Um, and so when they're working out in the community together in, in different contexts, they're finding that their conversations are more meaningful. Um, they're finding that their collaborations are more effective and that they're just going deeper than they normally would. Um, 
simply by asking, hey, what's good with you today? Right. Mm-hmm. And really caring what the answer to that question is uh, instead of instead of just kind of the cursory experiences most most people have. Uh, when they're just going through the motions, you know, and checking off the boxes. Mm. They're beautiful examples. I could ask you so many more questions. I, I really am very excited about this kind of work. So thanks for sharing what you have already. And I think we could move on now to our second topic, which is about the next issue of the um, AIP. That's the International Journal of Appreciative Inquiry. And that's dedicated, as I mentioned earlier, to um, to people sharing their stories and experiences of learning leaders. So this is a really intriguing topic, learning leaders. And Lewis, just before I invite you to say, you know, what your experience has been like as a co-editor and what amazing stories are there for people to read, I just want to remind our listeners that the AIP as a publication, has been around for, I think, almost 20 years. And it was started by Anne Radford in the UK. And a couple of years ago, Anne retired and Wick van der Vaart from the Netherlands jumped in to ensure the continuity of this publication because it's very well regarded and well respected throughout our global AI community. And he did that in partnership with the David L. Cooper Writer Centre for Appreciative Inquiry out of Champlain College in Vermont. And I've referred to the AIP, the um, Journal, International Journal of Appreciative Inquiry, in many of my episodes. And I just want to just pay respect um, to Wick, who took it on um, a year or so ago. I had the greatest joy to chat with Wick on this podcast about his work. And that was July last year. And the title of that podcast was Say Yes to Everything results in fun and meaning. And I'll put a link to that because that's who Wick was. And incredibly sadly, Wick passed away a few months later in October from a brain tumour. And it was an incredible shock and very sad time for our global appreciative inquiry community. So I just wanted to Again, just to bring Wick to our attention, um, a truly marvellous, marvellous human being. Agreed. Yeah. I only had the opportunity to meet him once at the Global Forum um, and, you know, we were fast friends and that's where this whole idea of learning leaders kind of uh, emerged uh, in the conversations that I had with Marge Schiller there and Jackie Stavros um, and then later Cecile Bedett um, got on board with us as co-editors and, but Wick was just um, a a wonderful an encouraging uh, person in all of this and bringing this to life. So rest in peace, Wick, and thank you. Yeah, so that must have been very special for um, for the for the four of you to be working on this together. Um, so why don't I hand it over to you, Lewis, and perhaps you can say a little bit about the focus of this issue and maybe, you know, what it was like to be working with these amazing, brilliant people in the world as you were you know, accepting submissions and then working through these stories. So maybe just some of the highlights for you in this role as co-editor of this most recent issue of AIP. Uh, sure. So, I mean, Jackie Stavros and Marge Schiller are two of my sheroes in, in the appreciative inquiry world. I remember, um, you know, when they were just bylines for me. And so having the opportunity to work with them and then 
Cecile Bettet also just an amazing human being who really was our glue in, in this process and uh, certainly a process. I had never uh, been down this road before of editing a journal. Um, and so I learned a lot about process and, and how that works. But we put out the call um, at the end of last summer. We got more submissions than we uh, expected. And so it was really difficult to comb through and select, you know, select who would be in the in the journal. But we had a, a wonderful um, coming together as an editorial team and debating back and forth of what uh, what would make a good submission. We tried to get a very diverse sampling of offerings, um, which we did. And we're so delighted to convene this conversation to spotlight learning leaders, you know, a construct really combining two words that we often hear uh, separately. But when we fuse them together, learning and leader, um, what happens then? So what and who are learning leaders is really our question. And who is it that inspires us to think differently? What part does each of us play in accelerating learning for others? How are we inspiring learning? And following it, an exploration of this, our team recognizes that uh, this is an early stage of a conversation and the beginning of a conversation that we haven't found in so many places when we peeked through the uh, the literature on leadership. So we kind of see learning leaders as, as lifelong learners and people who dialogue uh, and use collaborative communication to lead their own lives and lead others through leveraging strengths and identifying opportunities and aspirations. Um, and of course, being results driven, but process oriented at the same time. Um, and so we were we were curious about um, how how others see learning leaders. And so we have some spotlights of learning leaders in our issue. We have some um, explorations from a from a literature um, perspective. We have some um, original research. Um, in this issue, we have uh, creative pieces. We have a, an interesting fable that was written um, to this topic. So it really is a diverse sampling. And what about the different contexts? Yeah. So we have, um, of course, from business, we have um, the, the head of learning from, um, from uh, the New York Life Insurance Company. We have um, education. We have um, someone who leads school discipline from, from that lens. We have um, uh, folks doing community development. We have uh, folks working in, um, in, uh, in jail um, settings. So we really have, we, like I said, we tried to get a very diverse sampling of, um, of uh, contributions. Mm. Yeah, that's just so fantastic. And I was thinking as you were describing that, Coming back to the the work that you were saying that you're doing in the city of Midland in Michigan, I guess you know what you're also facilitating there is learning leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's 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 another way to describe um, um, what has always been important for me, which is you know as a change agent, we're not exempt from doing the work ourselves. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that that always requires learning and learning is never done. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that, with that vantage or with that lens, you know, what's possible, so much is possible. You know, sometimes you see in organizations, you probably have experienced this Robin in your work that the leader will say, Oh yeah, those, that team, that team needs that kind of training. Mm-hmm. 
um, or my team needs the training, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of stuff always sends a red flag to me mm-hmm. when people are pointing fingers to others, um, instead of pointing fingers at themselves. And so, um, so learning leaders, social, emotional leaders, change agents to me that they're all synonymous with, with the, the importance of doing the work with oneself first. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nicely put. And I think that the work, you know, that we're both involved in, you take, you know, you're more on the, the, um, psychological development through the lens of positive psychology and, you know, with the appreciative inquiry OD work, which presupposes with, you know, the positive principle presupposes the the value of looking at the world through a um, through a healthy, flourishing state of well being, as opposed to the deficit model. That um, when we do this work, I'm sure this is your experience too. Just people light up, and it's almost like, wow, of course, this makes sense, and. This is really how it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more, it's it's just giving people that awareness of, yes, there are other ways. You can flip it over and focus on the things that kind of give us um, life and our life affl- affirming mm-hmm. as opposed to the things that are life depleting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always that choice. And I agree that uh, a big part of this work is reminding people of that, helping people remember. I love that word to remember, mm-hmm. to um, to come back together, to be more integrated. Um, you know, and and my integration, my neural integration, personally, will empower our integration mm-hmm. together. Um, and that that is the work of the world. And I do believe, like, as you're saying, that people are hungry for this. They're ready for this. Mm-hmm. And being invited into these possibilities and then supporting that invitation with resources to continue building that muscle, mm-hmm. I think is, is really important. Yeah. And I mean, it is. We live in a relational world, right? Anything further about the learning leaders? Anything we you know, can you um, kind of whet our appetite a little bit about anything there you'd like to hint at? Well, um, the issue um, will be available in May online. And um, I just invite people to to check it out and share it and and really spread the word of <clears throat> appreciative inquiry. Uh, this, like you said, this journal is about 20 years old and, and really is deserving of, um, of accolades and being shared. So I think that the best thing that learning leaders listening to this podcast can do is, is pick it up and explore it and then share it with folks in their, in their networks. Thank you so much for saying that. And I will have the links, how people can do that in the show notes that I write up. So Lewis, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say about um, you and your work? Sure. Yeah. My work is in, like you said, organizational and human development. Um, sometimes that makes its way into communities like it is in Midland right now. Um, but I'm fascinated with systems and how systems evolve and anyone that wants to, um, you know, engage in some dialogue around that, I'm happy to do so. My website is lewisaloro.com and I'm reachable via that, that site. And I'm always, looking to connect with learning leaders who are, who are looking to be, um, empowered so that they can be more effective. So my purpose to, is to empower people, to empower other people. 
and really think about the ripple effect that is associated with that kind of awakening. And maybe there's this new vernacular now about learning leaders. It'll become part of our mainstream vocabulary. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And all that it represents. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for being a learning leader and for inviting me onto your show. It's been such a joy, Lewis, to reconnect with you and to have this opportunity to have this conversation. So thank you. Thanks, Robin. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows. So grow towards your best. <laughs>